Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. Our guest is Harold Hansen, media specialist from Visit Norway's head office in Oslo. Welcome, Harold. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to this. How's the weather in Oslo today? Uh, today it's sunny. It's uh, about 37, 38 degrees. I mean, spring is slowly creeping spring in. Spring is but, coming. Uh, yes. You know, I, I'm aware of the beauty of Norway. I've been privileged to go there. But uh, there's so much that's new as well as the glorious art, the glorious beauty, there's also glorious architecture. And I wanted to start off asking you, what is new in Oslo and in Norway that we wouldn't know about? Well, over the past few years, um, we've had some very, you know, innovative uh, young ar architects that have started building these, uh, we call them treetop huts, but they're not really huts. These are like, you know, unique uh, architectural designed uh, buildings. Some of them are in trees. Some of them are right on the ocean front. Uh, they have luxury bathrooms and and living rooms, and you know, and uh, um, and they give you fantastic views. And you're all there by yourself. I mean, you can bring your loved one or a family, or just go by yourself and just sit there, relax. Uh, you know, build up your inner <laughs> inner self, if, if you put it that way, and you find them all over Norway. They are like in northern Norway. We have igloos and glass igloos, and and uh, I mean, and you can go there in the winter. All of these places are now you know available all year round, and which is you know. Besides all the fantastic hotels and you know guest houses and all of that. You have these unique um, buildings. You know, the igloos are something I want to ask you about because everyone <laughs> is interested in the northern lights. And uh, where would you find these wonderful opportunities to see? What, what are the best places to see the northern lights? And what are some of the best lodgings to go to to stay inside and see them? Well, I mean, everywhere above the Arctic Circle is, of course, uh, the best places for northern lights. We might have northern lights in southern Norway, but that's weird. Um, so anywhere above like, the Arctic Circle, uh, great places like Tromsø, which is sort of the Paris of the North, as we call it, or they call themselves, because back in the 17th, 18th century, the traders went to Paris and they picked up the, the fashion and brought it back to Tromsø. <laughs> anyway, and there are other towns like Alta and Bode, and the good thing about it, I mean, Northern Norway is so, I mean, it's populated and uh, as opposed to maybe Northern Canada and Alaska, not to say anything bad about those places, but in Norway, people are actually living there. So you can, and, and because of the Gulf Stream, the coastline of Norway is ice-free. So you can sail, you can go on winter expeditions, on boats, 
uh, Hurtigruten. I think Julia went with me on that one, didn't you? Yes, yes, I went I on the, the mail boat. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> up the coast. That's, yeah, that's called Hurtigruten. That was way back in the 90s, right? Way back, way back. Yeah, I, I remember you... very well because it was absolutely, it's called the most beautiful cruise in the world. And it was on the way up. But on yeah. the way back, unfortunately, it was all misty and you couldn't see anything. And I think that's one of the things you have to worry about a little bit when you go anywhere in the world. Sometimes, you know, it happens. But we had a good time. <laughs> we enjoyed every little I remember. Town. Yeah. So um, so what you can do when you go for the Northern Lights, um, I mean, people love going dog sledding, uh, reindeer safari. Um, you go out with guides and uh, you go hunting for the Northern Lights. It's not, I mean, of course, everybody wants to see the Northern Lights, but the fun thing about, the, 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 the fun is to to go to chase it because then you bring food and hot drinks and and the excitement of, you know, are we going to see Aurora tonight? Or so, yeah, I mean, so there, there are a lot of places above the Arctic Circle where you can stay in hotels and, and uh, as I said, these unique, with ice hotels and snow hotels and and beautiful lodges so a lot has happened in the past 30 years oh yes since you and i traveled (laughs) absolutely one of the things about the northern lights in norway is there are so many places where you can find reflections because there's so much water and to see the northern lights reflected in the water for for photographers is is just the best uh the lofton islands is one place i know that people go for that okay yeah yep so uh, no it's 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 something that we have i mean we've seen a huge increase uh i mean apart from of course the last year uh i mean we've seen a huge increase of travelers from the u.s and north america coming to norway in winter i mean actually for northern norway the u.s have become the most important market for for northern lights uh, and and uh and of course when we get back to normal i mean it's it's still going to be there and, oh yes and yeah the dogs are waiting the dogs are waiting uh tell me about the fjords the fjords of course are the most gorgeous places to drive and to take ferries and so forth what one or two would you recommend if a person only had a little bit of time well i mean i normally would say if you have a not too much time, I would say go fly into Bergen. Or you can go first into Oslo and then to take the train over the mountains to Bergen. So you get, you know, over the Hardanger Plateau and national parks and you get that beautiful nature. And then you can do either you can do day trips into the Sognefjord, which is the longest and uh, most impressive fjords in Norway. Uh, and then you have the Queen of Fjords, which is the Hardanger Fjord, which is south of Bergen. And uh, I mean, and all of these fjords have beautiful hotels and, and some of these cabins or whatever we, we call them uh, are actually in the fjords. So um, and the difference between Norwegian fjords, I mean, of course, as I, again, I compare with Alaska or New Zealand or Chile, they also have beautiful fjords. But the, the difference is that in Norway, people live in the fjords. So you have the old history, the old wooden stave churches and the old farms and the local food. So it's a living society. I mean, I I, I haven't been to New Zealand or Chile, so I shouldn't say anything. And 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 I'm sure they're fantastic. But I, from what I've learned is that 
since the people are living there, it, it's a totally different experience. Yes, the stave churches are something that I think there are only 28 of them I read that are left. But tell us a little bit about that. That's the symbol of, of Norway. Well, when Norway was Christianized 1030, I guess, yeah, at the Battle of Stiklestad. I actually sent out a press release today about pilgrim pilgrimage uh, tours you can do in Norway right now. And, uh, and along those routes, St. Olaf's Ways, there are a lot of these wooden churches that were built right after, you know, after the Christianization. So they go back to the 11th century um, and they are built almost like Viking ships upside down. So, and kind of pagoda-like also. So you have this, and they're all wooden churches and, and, and they've stayed there for, I mean, some of them are almost a thousand years old and wow. they're still remaining there. So, tell me, tell me about. I read about the eighteen Norwegian roads. What is that? The is Norwegian that a special? Scenic, yeah, the Norwegian scen, the Norwegian scenic routes. They started the project about two, I would say, twenty years ago, when the Norwegian uh, road authorities decided they picked eighteen roads that are spe- specifically scenic and where you cannot go with you know, huge buses or, or commercial traffic. And they invited architects, designers, artists to put out their art there. And so you have all these fantastic viewpoints. You have toilets. One is actually in gold. Or not, it's what? not really gold. It's not <laughs> A really gold, gold toilet? Yeah, we call it the golden toilet. Uh, so... You find all, I mean, from all the way up north, way above the Arctic Circle, um, you find these roads that have been designated. So all along the the coast and down to southern Norway, and you find rest stops. And and it's also, I mean, it's meant to um, sort of enhance the um, experience of traveling uh, around in Norway. So, I mean, the nature is beautiful, but sometimes it's nice to sort of complement the nature with something other beautiful stuff. Absolutely. There's nothing better than to have the two together. I Mm -hmm. would love to see that. Let me ask you about polar bears, because that's another thing people love to do. There's there's certain bucket list things, northern lights, polar bears. Do you have them? Oh, yeah. Uh, Not on mainland Norway. A lot of people think that, a lot of people, but some people, People think that the polar bears are walking around in the streets in our, our towns and cities in Norway, but that's that's not the fact. It could have been interesting, but um, uh, but on the island of Svalbard, which is halfway between mainland Norway and the North Pole, you find uh, there are more polar bears than there are people. And uh, but uh, Svalbard is there's a town called Longyearbyen which was actually founded by a American, an American called Longyear uh, way back in time, where you now have you know, beautiful hotels, restaurants. We have one of the best wine cellars in Norway, located in this little town up there. And you know, all year round, you can actually go on expeditions. You, you, we don't call them polar bear expeditions because we're not allowed to do go search for polar bears because they are protected. But, of course, you will see them, but they, you will see them in the distance. How are they doing in this new um, normal? 
Yeah, you know, Svalbard has been affected by the, uh, I mean, the, the the warming effects of, you know, what's going on. Um, but so far, the polar bears haven't been that much affected as we thought they would have been. But, um, but I mean, I've been to Svalbard several times, um, and uh, sometimes the polar bears sort of come into uh, town to look for food if it's if it's it yeah it depends on what kind of winter there's been and and but I mean most of them are living so far away I mean they're okay right and also the one thing you can do is go on a small expedition cruise because then you're definitely not messing with the polar bears but I remember <laughs> the first time I, I went there uh we were sitting eating and we were sort of sailing among some islands and suddenly I mean, these islands were so close to the ship and we were sailing and I was looking at a window and there was a polar bear with two two pups, I guess they call them, or what? I don't know what they call polar bears. That sure. sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you it. You got the gist of it. And 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 the mother was looking at us and she was eating from seal. But she was just looking there. I, I mean, it almost like if you went on deck, you could have touched the, the polar wow. bear. The experience and... And the kids were just like looking at us, and one stood up on his behind. I mean, the oh leg. Oh goodness! And I, I was oh. like, I get goosebumps just talking about oh, it. Oh, it sounds terrific! Is there whale watching uh, along the coast as well? Yes, both uh, on mainland Norway, of course. You mean north of Lofoten Islands? Uh, we have humpback whales. We have white whales. We have uh, orcas, um, and. Uh, also in Svalbard, you have um, what do you call them? Those yellow, whitish um, uh, beluga. Ah. And we, what time of year? What time of year would you be? Uh, that summer, mostly summer. summer. Yeah. yeah. Yes, because when so, I was in Svalbard, I mean, we did this little, uh, you know, rib safari. I mean, you know, in the float, floatable, and suddenly we had like fifty beluga whales swimming along with us, and they're the only whales who can turn their heads, so they they looked at us from sideways and it's almost like anyway um, <laughs> suddenly i want to go back to Svalbard. oh my gosh uh <laughs> let me ask you because uh, norway is a very very long and very coastal country it goes way above the arctic circle where do the sami people live can you tell us a little the samis are actually i mean there are more samis living in Oslo now than they're living in northern oh Norway. really well because of you know things have been changing but uh there are about 40 40,000 Samis of or of Sami origin in Norway, and most of them are living above the Arctic Circle. But they, you can find them in certain areas in southern Norway. But the majority live in from Tromsø up to Finnmark, where you know on the uh, Finnmark Plateau, the national park, where they live inland in the winter, and then at the end of April they start migrating with their reindeer or moving with their reindeer out to the coast so that and then they are just grazing for you know the whole summer and that's if you go to northern Norway you will always meet reindeer oh well, yes you will in winter and you will in summer but you know uh it's it's fascinating and the Samis of course as you say they have their own special history and culture and very colorful you know 
traditions, you know, their clothing, their food. If you like Rudolph, I mean, it's the best <laughs> place to go, to go. I mean, that's, I mean, they live off the reindeer and they live with the reindeer. So. Yes, they eat the reindeer too. Yeah, if you're I've had them, some delicious reindeer. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh yeah they, they, can you take a tour are there other ways to do it in a in a you know simple way to to see that yeah i mean if you if you go north i mean if you go to finnmark which is the county the northernmost county you find uh these towns and villages that are more or less 100% sami to karashok or kautokaino or alta and in all of northern Norway, these families have started their own, you know, small uh, businesses, not commercialized, but they, they show their own culture. And, and actually, you can actually join families when they move their reindeer. It's, oh, uh, that's the sort of thing I like. That's something really special. Don't that's expect toilets. <laughs> <laughs> no, no toilets there. No okay. toilets. <laughs> Uh, let me just ask you, I, I remember uh, Oslo for its magnificent city hall. I guess it's a mid-century, I think it was finished in 1950, but yes. there's mosaics in it. It's just gorgeous. I know there are some new buildings uh, in Oslo, um, mm -hmm. the, the foodie scene, and there's some great, great new museums. Can you just give us a, a little idea of what's uh, there now? Absolutely. I mean, so much has happened the past 20 years. I mean, the Oslo Opera House uh, opened in 2008, which is sort of a, that really put Oslo on the map. Suddenly it was like, okay, what's happening with Oslo? And it sort of created a buzz. So now they built up, they, they just, the Munch, new Munch Museum will open later this year, which is also down by the uh, Oslo Opera House. And we just opened up a new library called Dijkman, which is next to the Opera House. So the whole the whole waterfront area has totally changed from when you were there. I mean, we I mean there is no commercial areas anymore. Now it I mean not not like you know commercial industrial whatever. Right. Now it, it's now it's waterfronts with shops and bars and restaurants and, and art galleries. and Oh, that's great to hear. <laughs> that's wonderful yeah, to it, see it revive. Yeah. Yeah. Oslo has really become a sort of a, the new Nordic. And so, Bergen with Bergen has the beautiful warehouses along the, uh, yes. along the waterside. Is it also becoming a foodie haven and all of that sort of thing? Bergen has really become really popular now just because of these new chefs that have started, you know, opening their restaurants and they go out in the morning and they pick, I mean, they catch their own food. So because of, there's a lot of seafood and uh, a friend of mine actually opened a restaurant like 10, well, maybe not even 10 years ago. And he used to work for the best restaurants in, in New York and then he moved home and started up this uh, you know, they call it uh, the Nordic cuisine uh, with MoMA in Copenhagen, but we call it the Fjordic cuisine. <laughs> Fjordic. So, yeah, to make us a little different from the oh, other. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't mean it's better, but it's different. And it's I think we, we should all, you know, concentrate on what's unique for well, us. Well, I think your country is unique in beauty, and it sounds like it's also becoming uh, a really hip, or whatever the word is now, a, a great place to visit for other reasons as well. The, the, the name of the podcast is Places I Remember. 
And I like to ask about a memory that you'd like to share. I have one that I'd share first. And then if you can think of one special memory, mine sure. is, is, is sort of a, sort of a memorable because it was, it was difficult because I was on the fjords with my family uh, many years ago, two young sons and my husband, we were taking a, a, a little ferry boat across a small fjord and um, we got off, we were getting off the ferry and uh, my husband went ahead with the car and I stayed behind to tie my son's shoes. And then when I went to get off the ferry, I noticed we were moving and my husband was left on the shoreline. So, oh my goodness, I was with two little babies, no diapers, no passports, nothing. So I ran to the captain and he said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go all, over, all the way around today. You'll see him at the end of the day. And I was so worried that he wouldn't be there, that he would go off somewhere and I'd never see him again. But uh, my kids had a great time because the captain gave them chocolate and all that. I was worried for you know, eight hours, but we got back and it was, it was a, a memorable reunion, but that, that's my memory of the fjords be, beyond the beauty. How about you? <laughs> uh, sometimes it's hard to sort of come up what comes to mind, but I think this is like not that many years ago. And I actually traveled with a group of journalists and we were doing like the hist historic hotels of Norway. It's a group of hotels that you know, old wooden buildings that have been renovated and, you know. And um, we flew in from Oslo to a town called Ålesund. And uh, we were picked up at the airport and told we were going to do uh, a rib safari out to a bird island. Little did when the luggage was taken to this place where, you know, we were going to stay for the night. And we went on the boat and, uh, you know, I would say we varied in fitness and sizes and, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, yes. I know. Yes. Without, so, you know, okay. So we started sailing out in the, into the North Sea and lo and behold, it was pretty windy. And suddenly the waves started coming in and we were sailing very fast and people were like holding on to, for the bare life. And um, suddenly I just felt like a whoosh and I was overboard. Oh my goodness. You were overboard. I was overboard. Thank heavens it was me, but I didn't feel much better because of it. But, you know, <laughs> here I was like, you know, just seeing, you know, these waves all around over me, but they, I mean, they managed to stop the boat and get me on board again, but we were so far out. And there was, you know, we just had to finish the trip. And, and you know, we saw the birds and everything, and it was another hour and a half. How cold and was the water? Pretty cold. <laughs> pretty cold. It was early <laughs> summer. So, um, and then we finally got back towards the land, and we were sailing into a fjord, and it was becoming beautiful. And uh, we we docked near an old historic hotel from the 1790s uh, with a ghost. Um, <laughs> and we, I mean, they rushed me in and I got to dry myself off. And then we were getting these, um, our rooms 
And of course, these rooms were fantastic. It was like they were, I mean, kings and queens have visited this hotel and stayed in it. And I got, because of my little incident, I got the best room. Oh, good. So, <laughs> and, but it was haunted. Oh, so, <laughs> good news, bad news. Yes. <laughs> what so I, woke up in the, I woke up in the middle of the morning. I was sure that that the young girl was, you know, visiting <laughs> well, me bad. again. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you had a very interesting day. Yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I have to say Allison, by the way, Allison is a beautiful town. If you love Art Nouveau architecture, I think there was a fire around 1904, was it? One yes, of those yes. years. Yeah, yeah. And it's just all Art Nouveau and they mm -hmm. call it, I, I don't, I can't pronounce the, the way. Jugendstein. Jugendstein. It's yes. so pretty. So that, that I have to say as well, but um, well, you can see even with, even with difficulties, Norway is a very special place. I thank you so much, Harold Hansen. Thank you. Thank and you. I hope to be there again soon. Me too. Let me know. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember, so follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, places I remember, And keep making your own travel memories. <laughs> <laughs>